Yo, welcome to episode 133 of the Zay Coleman podcast. Yes, we are back here on a Friday as per usual, but you like I said, we this is an, a very much of a different episode because we're actually using notes for the first time. I know crazy concept is we're actually like using like real work. It's finally like a real it's real work time, boys. Like we can't really just be doing off the free zone episodes. And like I said, just not doing, like I said, just, we're actually doing work. Wild times. Like I said, it's that point of the off season where we actually have to come up with real content. I know, crazy time, a content creator has to come up with content. Wild behavior out here in these streets, boys. But today is the day that we've been waiting for for a long, long, long time. And that's off season reviews, baby. Uh, Last year was, they off season reviews was basically my first episodes. Where, which is crazy that we're like in that sort of a time loop towards where like we're legit in the point of the offseason where we're doing reviews as to where we were a year ago. Like, that was like the first month of our podcast was literally me doing reviews for the offseason, one east, one west. And we're doing the same format where, like I said, we're doing a 2K format where it's like, you know, obviously it's by last name, uh, order of last name instead of first name. So without further ado, before we get well, actually before we get into that episode, we got a couple of notes we want to discuss. Uh, Draymond Green won. <laughs> I couldn't even get to a straight face before saying that. Draymond Green wants a max contract. Yeah, I think that's what well, he is still a very much of a valuable player on the on the Golden State Warriors. That I cannot dispute. He absolutely is not bad in any stretch of the imagination. But max contract for Draymond Green, because like I said, Draymond Green's legit value, and I think he's been on an all defensive team since he last signed the contract. I think that's close to $170 million over what a four- to five-year stretch. I don't think that's worth Draymond Green in 2022. Or by the time that contract ends with 2028, I'm genuinely – I legit don't understand where uh like where where he he's coming from when it comes to these max contracts. So without further ado, uh, now that we've gotten to that piece of uh indubiousness, one more piece of news actually. Uh Air Pascal signed with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Minnesota Timberwolves have probably won the offseason if we're being honest. But speaking of winning the offseason the first team we want to get to, the 76ers, the uh, Philadelphia 76ers, they made minimal, uh, they had a pretty minimal losses, if I'm being honest with you, and pretty major gains. Losses uh, include, of course, Danny Green, who was traded to the Memphis Grizzlies, which we will also get into this episode. DeAndre Jordan uh, leaving, going to the Denver Nuggets, and uh, Paul Millsap, who's still a free agent. They could bring him back. I don't see why they would bring him back. He didn't really look... Last year with the Brooklyn Nets, it didn't really play a whole lot with the with the Philadelphia 76ers. So he's most likely just going to probably sit in free agency. Maybe like it's a team that needs a big or a, 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 a small ball five. Maybe a four that can play a little bit of defense these days, but not nearly to the degree he could three, four years ago. Like I think maybe one of those teams could come call in. Maybe like the Golden State Warriors is coming as just maybe as a, a ring chasing opportunity for him. 
I don't see it. Maybe Phoenix. I, I don't see a whole lot of teams that are really looking for Paul Millsap at this point in his career. But the positives for the Philadelphia 76ers are their signings. They made zero bad signings. PJ Tucker was an excellent pickup. Uh, De'Anthony Melton was basically a steal in the tr- in the trade route for uh for them in the uh, for Danny Green. And Daniel House was an underrated pickup for them, too. He didn't really get to play a whole lot with Utah, and it was kind of checked out in Houston due to A, them being bad, and him just, like I said, he's not really getting nearly the role that he was accustomed to in the championship contender Rocket era. But I think he can be rejuvenated playing in Philly, playing with James Harden, playing with P.J. Tucker, and under the management of uh, Daryl Morey. I can more than see a Daniel House rejuvenation year for him will probably be like the eighth man, seventh, eighth man in the rotation, which is a good role for him. I don't necessarily like him as a starter, but obviously he won't be a starter on this team with Maxie Harden, uh, Harris, PJ, and, and Joel Embiid being there. And I think him and uh, De'Anthony Melton, or uh, him, De'Anthony Melton, and Matisse Thibault as a three de- uh, three-man defensive unit, I genuinely love. And like I said, with that that being the 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 main rotation of Philly, I would like for them to go pick up a backup big. I don't see their them be getting a defensive backup big, but just this is a a body to just in case Joel Embiid's not playing like him. I like Paul. I love actually love Paul Reed, and I really wish he got playing time next year. I just really wish that they had picked just just pick up another body. Tristan Thompson's still available in free agency. Lamarcus Aldridge still available. Dwight Howard, if there's a reunion there, is still uh available. Like I said, I don't. I'm not necessarily looking for a good backup big, just a, a body to have down there. That's not DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> like that's that's basically all I'm asking for for the 76ers because they've had the perfect offseason. Them signing, like I said, if they go sign Lamarcus Mar- Aldridge, it's not going to hurt their grade. Their overall grade for me is an A. The only reason it's not an A plus is I really wish that they had picked up another shooter. They got Daniel House, who's a solid three point shooter. They got Anthony Melton, who was a pretty good three-point shooter for the Memphis Grizzlies last year. Tobias Harris is still obviously a good shooter. Maxie and Harden can shoot. P.J. Tucker is still lethal in the corner. I just really wish that they had got just to pick up a, a pure, I don't want to say pure stretch, but it's like a, a pure, just like I said, pure sharp shooter, man. Like, said, a, like specifically somebody that's only a sharp shooter. Like his role literally only coming to be a sharp shooter. Somebody that I had uh, pegged for them to go with, uh, early in the offseason was uh, Brent Forbes. Brent Forbes is a guy that I really wanted to, uh, Philly to go target in Austin. Granted, I don't see a whole lot of guys that are still available, per se. Like, I'm I'm not saying that like, there's a, a, a whirlwind of guys that's available for them uh, in, when it comes to free agency, when it comes to finding shooters. But I just really wish that there was, like, just like I said, there's one one guy they can go pick up. And if they they found the one guy that they can pick up as a shooter, like looking looking at this list, like the only person that could probably fit that uh, mold is Carmelo Anthony. But I kind of want somebody more in the backcourt as opposed to front court. But like I say, if Carmelo Anthony was a seventy sixer again, it wouldn't necessarily hurt them because, granted, I don't know what his relationship with uh, with James Harden is, but I'm sure it's not the biggest. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The biggest. Uh, I'm 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 just like the biggest issue. Like I don't see that being a, a the reason that they don't go get it. Like boom, I've 
uh, even the, like there's a couple guys that, like Rodney Hood. Rodney Hood uh would be a, a pretty solid pickup for the 76ers if he was like I said if they just gave him a minimum, I'd more than be happy for him to be uh, a 76er there. Uh that's probably like the only person if I'm being honest with you at that shooting guard position that I can I would consider a shooter like Justin Anderson I don't necessarily consider a shooter neither Kent Bazemore. Um Solomon Hill I would say it's more of a defender than a shooting a shooter. But like so overall like Josh Jackson as uh, Josh Jackson is Josh Jackson. Like like so outside of that, like Rodney Hood I think would be the perfect guy at that sh- that to come off the uh, come off the bench as a shooter. Wayne Ellington even like I wouldn't even hate Wayne Ellington being a 76 year. Granted he's not going to be getting crazy PT but he can still fit that mo- Ben Macklemore. Oh my god, I completely uh, skipped over Ben Mac. Ben Macklemore is still a really good shooter these days. I really, really actually thinking about that now. That's actually the perfect guy I want them to go pick up. If Ben Macklemore and or uh, Rodney Hood is the 76er come next year, expect me to to say come October that the that, uh, that the 76ers are a team that look to look out for when it comes to competing for a championship. Now I know they had their struggles last year. MB was hurt and James Harden struggled like crazy in the playoffs. Tyrese Maxey's got another year under his belt. I have really, really am expecting like I wouldn't even say expecting because you can't expect anything in the NBA, but I'm I would not be surprised if the 76 came out as a contender next year and like I said, they they make it to the conference finals or even to the finals next year. I would like to see that. Like that's legit a a possibility for me. Like I couldn't I couldn't say the same thing last year for them. Like especially with Ben Simmons out, and even when they traded for James Harden, I wasn't really. I would immediately the immediate thought process was like, they got James Harden for nothing. Basically, like Seth Curry was obviously a big piece for them, but for the most part, they got James Harden for basically two first round picks. I really was I honestly God was expecting. Um, um, a much better uh, 76 team. Like I said, I wasn't pegging them to win the title uh, after the trade deadline, but I was I, I was expecting them to be a lot better than the showing that they gave me in the playoffs. But the signings that they made in the offseason, like I said, they're basically getting the Anthony Melton for free. Uh, P.J. Tucker, like I said, with James Harden taking the pay cut, absolutely uh, screamed P.J. Tucker was coming to Philly, and he did. Honestly, didn't even know that he opted out with Miami. Before I saw that he uh <laughs> before that uh he signed the, the three year thirty million with Philly. And like I said, Daniel House was even a solid pickup. Like I said, they're they're a Ronnie Hood or uh Ben McLemore away from me considering them a contender, which is a wild statement to make, but I'm willing to make that statement here in, in July. Was July 29th, two thousand and twenty two, I'm making the statement. They're one of those two guys away from me actually believing that they're a contender. Now, of course, um, y'all. If you know the what, I, how I uh, do these uh, reviews. If you were here last year for these, um, we actually we do one Eastern, one Western, one Eastern, one Western, until, like I said, we reach the last one, which is going to be the Wizards, obviously. These are the next three are well, two of them I'd consider quote unquote lazy. The other one is very much controversial, which hurts my heart to say, because if you again, like I said, if you've been following this podcast for most of the of the last year, you would know that I genuinely have fell in love with the Memphis Grizzlies. And my take on the Memphis Grizzlies is very disheartening. 
I can't lie. It might be my first quote unquote controversial take. The Lakers one to me wasn't really controversial. It was just common sense. But this might be my first actual controversial take. But before we get there, the Los Angeles Clippers. This was like I would I would not call this a quote unquote lazy offseason because they still picked up John freaking Wall, which is wild to say. But for the most part, this has been a pretty lazy offseason for the Clippers. It was like I said, I have the same notes for the the Clippers and the Bucks. It's mostly just housekeeping. They were able to, to bring back Zubak. They brought back Covington. They brought back Batum. Uh, I think they got the the qualifier with Amir Coffee. They definitely have plenty of of talent. That's like they they really it was just like I said it was just housekeeping for them. Which housekeeping for the Clippers is get Kawhi healthy, get Paul George healthy, and we're a contender. That's basically what a lot of these moves uh, by the Clippers scream. They didn't necessarily have to go and uh to above and beyond to go uh. Like I said, to look for the perfect piece. They have plenty of perfect pieces on their roster. They simply it was just, hey, if we can re-sign a lot of these good uh these dudes and uh like I said, bring bring in maybe one or two pieces, which again, John Wall's a huge piece to bring in, ditto Moses Brown. I'm like I said, I'm not I think they're a legit contender next year. They're I mean they they were a legit contender two years ago and honestly were was it two games? I think it was they they lost in six. Two games away from going to the finals without Kawhi Leonard. You bring in Kawhi Leonard, who, when healthy, is a top five player in the league. Argue with your mama about it. I'm absolutely expecting this Clippers team to be a, a, a finals contender next year. If we get Philly and the Clippers in the finals, boom. I'm happy because it's either one of Paul George gets his first ring or James Harden gets his first ring. And you can shut up about but one of them being a choker, a playoff choker, or you can shut up about one of them you know, not having what it takes to be a legit uh, legit, uh, legit superstar in this league. James Harden not a superstar anymore, but you get my point. Like it's that I don't know why I just went off on a tangent there, but <laughs> like, like I said, it's that would be that's like the perfect finals for me. It's two fresh teams in the finals for the first time, and God knows it's doing what since two thousand and one for Philly, and I don't think the Clippers have ever been to the finals. So it's like that's a a new, like a, a new fresh matchup for us to for me to at least to get invested in like i said and even with the clippers the clippers lost i mean isaiah hardenstein was a big piece for them don't get it twisted and shout out to isaiah uh to nba and depth for confirming this but i mentioned this a few months ago quietly one of the best room protectors in the league without really getting a whole lot of blocks like nobody challenges isaiah hardenstein at the rim because they know they can't match with him like that's literally legit one of the most and i like that pickup from the knicks probably my favorite pickup from the Knicks in the offseason, more than Jalen Brunson, I'll discuss that when we go do the Knicks in the two weeks. I believe it's two weeks when we uh, do the, the Knicks offseason review. But overall, like I said, I, I love a Hardenstein pickup for the Knicks. I hate that he had to leave the Clippers to, to do so because, I, like I said, I think I like him with the Clippers a lot more. But even Moses Brown. I think it's a perfect suitable replacement because realistically, a year from a year ago, people weren't looking at Isaiah Hardenstein as a, as a legitimate piece on the Clippers, and now y'all are looking at him as a legitimate piece on the Knicks. I think the exact same thing can be to be can be plug and played with Moses Brown. Ty, Tyron Lue is a good enough to coach to where he won't expose Moses Brown. He won't overexpose him. We'll put it that way. I think if he he's a perfect ten to fifteen minute guy, he can get you rebounds, can get you a block or two. 
catch a couple lobs. That's all he's and he's going to catch a couple lobs if he's especially if he's playing with John Wall. He's going to catch a couple lobs. So I'm absolutely uh, in love with the Moses Brown pickup. Like I said, John Wall being a pickup, like I, it's, my grade for them is a B to an A. It's a B already, well, just in its own stuff because they were able to maintain a lot of their pieces that caused them to be successful a couple years ago. But it's an A if they can get a healthy John Wall back. If they are able to, to bring out a healthy John Wall, this is an A offseason. Because, like I said, you already have two All-Stars. You already have a plethora of wings that are really good role players. Nick Batum, Robert Covington, um, with uh, Marcus Morris, Norman Powell. They have plenty of great wings. It's just, like I said, as long as you can plug in Terrence Mann also, they have plenty of guys that they can plug and play. And like I said, you got a couple of solid big men who are who play a simple role. Moses Brown can play a simple role. Azubak can play a super role, uh, a simple role for them, but he just does it to a much better degree. And you have two solid point guards of Reggie Jackson, who's a scorer, and John Wall, who's more of a playmaker. And like I said, when healthy is a plus defender, I absolutely, like I said, I'm in love with this Clippers team right now, and I pr- I'm positive that this team will make it at least to the conference finals. If, Like I said, we go back on this eight, eight months from now, nine months from now, whenever the conference finals begins, and they're sitting at home, then I'm I'm proud to be wrong, but I would be ecstatic to be right when I find when we see this Clippers team in the conference finals. Next team in the East that we want to talk about, the Milwaukee Bucks. And like I said, I can make the pretty much the same exact claim about the Milwaukee Bucks, if I'm being honest with you. Because like I said, they make minimal pickups and lost really nothing, if we're being honest with each other with each other. Like I, you can't tell me one rotation piece for the Bucks that they actually lost in the offseason. Like they lost Jordan Noir, who I actually liked with the Bucks, but he wasn't a rotation player. They added Marjan Bochamp, who's three years younger. He can really be honestly a plug and play guy on the wing. Joe Ingles, I think if he's able to get healthy, can be a really nice addition to the Milwaukee Bucks. I just wish he was healthy for me to make that that statement. But like I said, for the most part, it was just. Housekeeping. They were able to resign uh Wesley Matthews. They were able to resign Serge Ibaka. They were able to resign uh Javon Carter. Obviously, uh, Bobby Portis was the big resign for them. Pat Connaughton. They were able to give an extension to. Like th- this is a pretty solid team, bro. I'm gen- like genuinely like I'm not. The Bucks are honestly one win away from potentially being a conference finals team last year. I don't see how Miami would have stopped Giannis Antetokounmpo. If they were able to, uh, the Bucks were able to basically, basically, if Grant Williams doesn't have the game of his life, the Bucks are probably in the finals. And you can make your own argument if they beat the Warriors. I doubt it, but like I said, you can make your own argument for it. But for the most part, with the Milwaukee Bucks, I'm not necessarily like I said it's mostly just housekeeping. The, like I said, if Joe Ingles is able to get healthy, this is honestly like a, a an A minus or to or B plus to an A minus offseason from the Milwaukee Bucks. Like I said, if they were if they're able to get a healthy Joe Ingles out of it, by all means, I can see them being a, a another contender going into next year. There are plenty of teams I think that can contend. There are only probably four to five legitimate contenders, but we just discussed three of them right here: Philly, Milwaukee, and, and the Clippers. This uh, this is going to hurt my heart to say, man. The streak of of positive reviews has ended. 
Next team, we get to talk about the Memphis Grizzlies. Like I said, this is going to hurt, bro. Because like I said, if you were here for the vast majority of, of last season, you heard probably 50 to 60 times. Probably half of these episodes are dedicated to me saying that the Memphis Grizzlies are probably the, the deepest team in basketball. And yes, they could probably still make that claim if, they're, if they hit on their draft picks this year. But for, the immediate reaction to me seeing these moves is I hate that they let Kyle Anderson go because he was so such an important piece to this Grizzlies team. And again, we said with Philly, they basically gave up D'Anthony Melton for nothing. David Roddy, I think, is a solid pick, and he's, like I said, one of quietly one of my favorite guys that were in the back half of the first round. But I hate that, like I said, I hate that it had to be this team that I love so much that it's like there's so much unknown with this team. Like, who steps up? Zaire Williams, I think, is like the obvious one that's going to step up. But, like, is Santi Aldama going to get minutes? Is Xavier Tillman going to get a bigger role? Is Brandon Clark going to get an uh, even bigger role, especially coming into a contract year? Is uh, Like I said, it's one of those the first-round picks from this year. They're going to be uh, uh, more – or they're going to get immediate minutes. It's like David Roddy going to get immediate minutes. Uh, Jake Laveria going to get me, uh, immediate minutes. Same thing with Kennedy Chandler. Is he going to be like the D'Anthony Melton of this team? There's so much uncertainty with this team. Like, yes, Josh Morant's a superstar. Yes, uh Jaron Jackson Jr., if he's going to be healthy come probably around Christmas time, maybe close to January. If he's healthy, like I said, he's probably going to be solid for them. Steven Adams is still, like I said, he's been a quietly one of the best role players in the NBA in the last couple of seasons between New Orleans and Memphis. I can even say the same thing about like Desmond Bain is probably going to be a borderline all-star this year. Dylan Brooks is going to be a, a really good role player for them too. But like I said, there's so much uncertainty in the the back twelve that, as opposed to the starting five, the back twelve has so much, so many questions to it outside of Tyus Jones. That it's like I don't, I don't know where I'm a. Uh, like I said, this team is still going to be good. I'm not saying this team is going to be bad by any stretch of the imagination. I just don't see the same magic as they had last year. I can still see them probably as like the fifth to sixth seed. If, like I said, if we're getting a healthy Clippers back, like I said, New Orleans is getting a healthy Zion back. Obviously, the Warriors are still going to be elite. The Suns still have basically their exact same roster minus JaVale McGee. Like, this team, that team is probably still going to be a top three to four seed. I'm I'm not too confident in the Memphis Grizzlies anymore. And, and again, I'm going to I'm gonna be wrong about this. I, I know I'm going to be wrong. I literally had to coin flip whether if I should change my opinion on this team or not. Literally, I had to make a coin flip off, like I said before the episode, that I had that whether if I should change this. I legit was crying because I don't know if I should say this about this team. Like I said, I know three, four, five months from now, I'm going to be wrong about this. The Grizzlies come December will probably be a top three seed, and I'm going to be wrong about this. But as of like I said, as of July 29, 2022, I 2022, Jesus Christ. I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of the Memphis Grizzlies. And again, John Moran's going to drop me 40, and Ty Jones is going to have a a 9-to-1 assist-to-turnover ratio. And it's all going to go away. I just dropped my mouse, by the way. But I'm not. I don't know anymore. I don't know if that same, that same magic from last year is there. 
something feels off in my in my head. Like I said, this is going to age like milk. Like I said, they're going to be a 50-win team, and I'm going to be wrong about this. But as of July 29, 2022, I feel that this team is probably a first-round exit next year. Whether if they play the Warriors, they play the Suns, they play the Clippers, play the Pelicans, whatever. I feel I don't feel the same magic with this team. Like I said, there's a I'm gonna be wrong about this. And I'm really, really terrified of what the replies are gonna be to this episode if I'm like I said, if this if this ever gets like huge, this 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 recording gets huge. I'm going to look like an ass for saying that the Grizzlies are going to be a or is not going to be as nearly as good as they were last year. Tyus Jones and John Morant is probably the two or is probably the best uh, point guard rotation in the NBA. Now, I don't see a two guard rotation that's better than the Memphis Grizzlies. But I'm still, like I said, overall. The overall 17 on this roster, 15 plus two two-way contract. I'm just not feeling the same magic as I did when I was, like I said, reviewing this team last year, where it's like, yeah, this team is kind of clutch, and I genuinely like the fact that this team is so deep with talent. And it, like I said, I can say the same thing about this team too, because like I said, they they're the most of their draft picks. I love, like I said, Jake Laveri. I love uh, David Roddy. It was an amazing pickup with the from the Anthony Melton trade. But I feel like the Anthony Melton long term is going to be a better piece. Would have been a better piece than David Roddy. I'm sorry. Um, like I said, Zaire Williams gets some more minutes. I, I hope Zaire Williams gets some more minutes going into next year. Um, like I said, even with like Kennedy Chandler, I think it's a, a good. It's a win win pick. Like I said, if he doesn't pan out, and he was a second round pick. Who really cares? But if he does pan out, boom, you got great value at the second round pick. But even even Vince Williams, I love him as a VCU dude. But overall, like I'm not the greatest fan of this team. Am I like I said, I'm talking them up like as if they're about to be a 65 win team and they blow everybody up and win a championship. But in reality, I just don't see the same magic. They could they have great potential. They have so many question marks that could be answered. In the next six months, but I'm like I said, I'm an impatient man. I'm willing to admit that I'm very much impatient. I'm just not willing to to be patient. I'm I'm not a patient. Per- I'm I'm being impatient with a team that really should be in a rebuild right now. Is that is that me being too much? I think that's me being too much. I'm sorry if I'm if is that if that's me uh, being too much. I'm sorry. I can apologize live on air. I'm sorry for being too much, but as of July 29, 2022, at 2.52 p.m., I'm just not the biggest fan of this Grizzlies team. <sighs> I had to let off that off my chest, man. I'm sorry. I literally I legit just went emotional in this episode, literally because, like I said, I've been stressed out whether if I should give a positive or negative about this team. Overall, I have them as a B- slash C+. Which isn't bad. I'm, I don't think anybody's had a truly terrible offseason outside of maybe one team that I could probably. <laughs> y'all, y'all know what team I'm talking about. I'm sorry. But overall, I love 
the Grizzlies. I love John Morant. I love Jerry Winhealthy. I love Dylan Brooks, the attitude he brings. I love Desmond Bain. He's just quietly becoming one of the best young players in the league and is a 30th pick in the draft a couple years ago. But overall, this team just screams. Where where are we going to get? Where what what are we doing? Not what are we doing, but what is the end goal? And like I said, that question will be answered in about six months. And like I said, when we come back to this episode, and it's a I have a dog shit opinion, I'm not going to make no bones about it. I will apologize. I will make an entire emergency episode just to apologize to y'all for making such a dog shit statement. I'm sorry. All right, I think we can uh, close out this episode. I'll give you a preview. We'll do four more. Of course, this is going to be what? The Bulls, uh, the Jazz, the Cavs, and what's the next one? I think the Kings are the next Western Conference team. So, yeah, those will be the that'll be uh, Tuesday's episode. If you missed the previous 132 episodes of the Zay Coleman podcast, you can check them out, of course. On Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, and of course, right here on Anchor. Until next time, I love you. You love me. Let's love each other. Goodbye.